take a small step. Those videos were good, weren't they? That last one, wow, the mountain moved. Or something kind of miraculous happened to get to the top of that mountain. So there were three monks who were sitting at the side of the river, two senior monks and a novice meditating. As they counted their breaths, one stood up quickly and said, I forgot my mat. Then he stepped out onto the water and walked to the small hut on the outer bank. And he walked on the water again when he returned. As the calm breaths began to flow again, the second monk stood and said, I forgot to put my clothes in the dryer. He also stepped onto the water, strode calmly across the river, went into the hut, then returned. Now this novice had watched carefully and thought this might be a test of his skills. He got up and blurted out, you must think you are better than I am. Watch me. And he hurried to the river, walked right into the water, fell down to his waist. Wet and sputtering, he climbed out and tried again, and again, and again. The two senior monks watched in silence until one asked the other, should we tell them where the stepping stones are? The theme for our March study is journey, a word linguistically tied to the old French journée. A journée means a day's length, a day's work, a day's travel. This in an era where a day laborer was a journeyman, and daily adventures were written down in a journal. Take a small step reminds us less of the big picture of the grand journey. We look at daily activities, the choices we make in the moment. And today we will look at personal and relational since I will only be in the pulpit twice this month. The path of awakening is not about becoming who you are, it is about unbecoming who you are not, said Albert Schweitzer. If correct, this means we are also sensitive, says our Soul Matters workbook. Also sensitive to the fact that most spiritual journeys begin with a leaving, a separation, a decision to walk away. We know that the first step is often laced with mourning and isolation. We know that unbecoming is not easy work. We also know that it isn't a one-time thing because we find ourselves routinely tangled up in all kinds of identities and journeys that aren't truly ours. 
So the monk story featured an effort to let go of the old ways of doing things. The monks discovered that sitting brings them to them and does so over and over again. Such an unbecoming of the old way is closely related to centering. Since there is a center point within that provides each one of us with spiritual guidance and sustenance. That center point can be thought of as an individual or as a community. And it's important that we keep that centering in mind as we go forward through our life because it so easily is pulled away by the identities and journeys that aren't truly ours, the things that bump into us. Joseph Campbell said, where we had thought to travel outward, we come to the center of our existence. Those attending the Transcendentalist Salons, which will continue on Wednesday at 1.30 and 7, are studying a movement that has led Unitarian Universalists toward greater appreciation of Buddhism, Hinduism, yoga, meditation, etc. This small step has built an awareness that our center is there for us whenever or wherever it is needed. But the whenever and wherever leads to a bit of a problem. Why is it that the whenever or wherever of centering can often wander away? As with the monks, simply forgetting a mat or putting the clothes into the dryer can quickly upset the practice of meditative centering. Why have we not listened to this center of us all the time? Why are we not doing so from now until eternity if it is so good and so valuable to us? Sadly, a busy life interferes for many. As Jesus said, wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few will find it. Abraham Maslow, a 20th century humanist and psychologist, offered an alternative. It included several steps that develop our inner self represented in his hierarchy of needs. We have looked at this before but Maslow offers five steps that lead toward self-actualization, inner growth, development, becoming who you really wish in your heart you could be. The first step is attending to your physiological needs, then comes safety, then love and belonging, then esteem, and when these first four are in place, self-actualization. All of these steps after the first one are taken for yourself by yourself. 
They represent a long view. Yes, they do, a vision, but this vision is best used as a target, and each step, when taken in the direction of the target, not only sets up a better center within, it also invites your life to assist you. It invites the mountain to move. In Maslow's view, life will provide assistance to those who seek out and will then follow these steps. Here is a breakdown of supplemental elements on this path of self-actualization. The physiological needs, I'm gonna say these just briefly, include breathing food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, excretion. Safety is security of body, employment, resources, morality, family, health, and property. Love and belonging relates to friendship, family, and sexual intimacy. Esteem includes self-esteem, confidence, achievement, respect of others, and respect by others. And self-actualization is a refined sense of morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem solving, a lack of prejudice, and the acceptance of facts. These particulars are the areas where the conflicts of our life arise. But please note the upward arc, the rise toward the top of the pyramid in this hierarchy of human needs. It is as if a push begins with birth and then carries on through all of life. And this leads to relationship because from the second step, Safety, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization rely on our ability to relate to others. And with relating, we turn to that most important sense that we have, listening. Our ears were made for a purpose, as was the space between them. One special gift we are given is the ability to think before we speak. And we are able to cultivate this over time if we choose to do so. A slight pause, a mini meditation, if you will, allows the time to consider whether the words we will say are kind, are honest and are helpful. Did you notice that the senior monks might have been more kind to the novice? Perhaps they were offering a test. Perhaps they wished to stress a point they felt the novice needed. But sudden outbursts, people rising and talking, are not expected during meditative reflection. As for honesty, they may have been honest, but they were impatiently honest. As for helpful, they chose to dash off to take care of their daily tasks rather than sit in their meditative posture, letting the cares of this world, the old ways, slip away. The key here is to move from reacting, as the novice did, 
to responding. The novice might have waited to see the monks walk on water again, might have over time noted the location of the stepping stones without their advice. Now, the intention that I had a couple of weeks ago was to keep this personal and to move further into discussion of being honest and being helpful and being kind because these are the relational considerations that flow through all of society and are there for us if we wish for them. But then this week we received I received, many of you did too, copy of the UU World. And it included an article entitled, After L, G, and B. Written by a cisgender author, an article that bought, brought great discomfort to transgendered Unitarian Universalists. Sadly, in the aftermath, we realized that the editor and the author were warned of a danger to trans UUs if an article appeared at a time when attacks on trans people are rising. They didn't want that. The editor and the author were also told that an article from a trans writer would be more helpful and this is one of the things that you have, my friends, is that those who are at the margins and are looking for the center are uplifted and are upheld when we listen to what they have to say. When I listen to what they have to say. Careful listening to good people who were suddenly and unexpectedly marginalized was needed, but overlooked. Trans UUs were upset. No, they were angry. That words that set them apart, words that pushed them to the margins were published in a magazine from an organization that claims to be open and accepting to all. There have been apologies from Chris Waltham, the UU World Editor, and the Reverend Susan Frederick Gray, the president of the UUA. But we, as a religious institution involved in this larger UU community, still have steps we need to take if we truly are to align with every member of our society. So what can we do? You know, the first thing is to be kind to all. And the second thing, I think, is to educate ourselves. 
to educate and engage in a way that is helpful. And here are several small steps you might consider. Read the UU World article. Read the concerns expressed by Alex Capitan and C.B. Beale. They are in the table in the back. Read the two apologies. You will have to find those online from Chris Walton and from Susan Frederick Gray. Support our trans-UU community. As with every community, financial support helps them keep their message alive. Connect to that community at www.transuu.org. You might also check out the Transgender Religious Professional Unitarian Universalists Together, whose acronym is TRUST. And show up here on Friday night for the next meaningful movie, The Most Dangerous Year. So there is so much going on in our world. It is difficult to cover it all in a message. So let me just review a few points that I would like to leave with you today. The journey of life is filled with the steps that we choose, daily steps. A critical piece in this process involves centering, which involves letting go of old ways. Despite the joy we find when we pay attention to centering, it often slips away. Ah, there are still problems. That we strive to educate ourselves, realizing that self-esteem and self-actualization are higher stages of development occurring after we feel love and belonging. This is why the spirit of love is so important to us. Working on our listening, working on responding rather than reacting, and continue to learn more, provide support and comfort to those who need better from us than we have offered. And through it all, we keep, I would hope, our eyes and ears open for the stepping stones. With this, I return to our chalice lighting from Wendell Berry. The world cannot be discovered by a journey of miles, no matter, no matter how long, but only by a spiritual journey, a journey of one inch, very arduous and humbling and joyful by which we arrive at the ground of our own feet and learn to be at home.
May the love in your hearts find love, a kind, honest, and helpful love in the hearts of those around you. Namaste. Namaste.